The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for A Veteran's Place. And uh, that's hosted by Dr. Don Muller from Georgia. He's down in the uh, wild and woolly country. And before we get started, we always like to start our veteran shows off with a moment of silence that uh, we can contemplate those that are veterans, those that have given their the ultimate, and those that are serving on active duty, both military and first responders. We've got great first responders. And this shows for everybody that has been there and done that. So we'll be back right after this. Thank you. And we also like to do one other thing, make sure everybody's heart is beating this morning and up and raring to go. And I know this always got me up and ready to go. Rockstead! Rockstead! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! I can do it! I can do it! You can do it! You can do it! Hey, yeah, yeah! Hey, yeah! Oh, man! Oh, man! He can hang! He can hang! Young man! Young man! He can hang! He can hang! Feels good! Feels good! So Okay, so we all feel good now, and uh, we've got Dr. Don on the line with us, and uh, how are you doing this morning, Don? I'm doing fine, Dave. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's sort of a uh, messy day up here in Atlanta, but other than that, it's a great day, and uh, glad to be alive, glad to be doing the show for veterans and first responders, and we have quite a... Quite a relationship and getting more and more so with our different shows about FAR veterans. And we appreciate all the veterans that have tuned in, those that have become patrons. We certainly appreciate them. And uh, that's what keeps the station going and keeps great shows like this going. So, Don, you wanted to, you've got some special things you wanted to talk about today. And, uh, I'm going to just turn it over to you, and we'll butt in when we need to. Well, Dave, you never butt in. Uh, I like your comment because I like uh, America's Web Radio and the ability to say necess- not necessarily politically correct stuff or politically true stuff. Uh, today I'm going to take a few minutes to bring our listeners. This is, they're mostly veterans today that I'm going to speak to in this seg- this early segment because the first responders aren't trapped in the VA system unless, of course, they're uh, a lot of veterans are first responders after they got out or had VA uh, uh, 
disabilities awarded. Uh, where we are right now, and I'm, this has to do with how the VA works, uh, we are basically led to believe that, let's take Agent Orange, for example, that to get uh, care for a particular uh, malady, that the VA has to approve it, and in many cases it has to go through Congress to get a, a committee to investigate it and listen to all the reports and make a decision. Uh, I don't know of any other area in medicine where the patients have to go through that, and I don't think it's very helpful to have veterans not only go up against a system that's as big as the VA, but have to wait for their medical care to go through a very laborious process uh, before they before they can get cutting edge technology. Well, today, as you know, I'm involved with the VA uh, with respect to post traumatic stress disorder and oral health. And what I mean by oral health is not just your fillings in your teeth. That's dentistry, and that's part of oral health, obviously. But the oral health I'm talking about are your joints, your TM joint by the ear, the pain, maybe pain all the time, chronic pain, maybe pain when you chew. I'm also talking about the muscles of mastication. You know, you can you can feel those. Uh, if you push it with a finger around on them, you know, when you bite together and you feel those muscles, push on them, see how they feel. They might be sore. You might have muscles on the side of your head that are tender. That's a temporalis. They're on both sides of your head above your ear. Those are chewing muscles. Well, they may be creating headaches. You may have headaches when you wake up. You may grind your teeth. That's obviously an oral situation. And, and when you do that, not only are you destroying your teeth, you're, you're causing trauma to your joints because the amount of force that you exert when you clench your teeth. Now, this clenching may occur during the day or predominantly at night, but nevertheless, it's an oral manifestation of an anxiety disorder or PTSD. And let me, uh, for the new listeners, let me clear something up combat PTSD and first responder PTSD are more difficult to treat. Doesn't mean you can't, they can't be treated, but they're not a one-stop shopping uh, deal and they're also not uh, amenable to the rapid recovery that single events such as an automobile accident or a short-lived natural disaster. <clears throat> So where am I going with this? The VA, and it became official yesterday when I got a basically a, a, a 45 minutes to discuss with the director of the dental research in the VA. They are not doing any research in oral health and PTSD. It's not happening. It never has happened. They don't plan on doing it, and they definitely aren't doing it now. Furthermore... Of the 3,600 research scientists in the VA with a $2 billion budget, uh, there, there's nobody working on this problem of oral health and PTSD, regardless if they're dentists or not. And there are definitely no dentists working in the VA. 
Well, this is quite a problem uh, because when you have 18 million veterans, of which between 10 to 20 and some classes of veterans in the intense combat category have PTSD, that makes about, oh, round it to 3 million. So you have 3 million veterans who have headaches, trigeminal pain, that's from the nerve that controls your mu- muscles of mastication. You're grinding your teeth. You have pain when you open your jaw. That's oral health. Nobody's doing research on that. And there are 3 million veterans. And where do I get that number? There was an Israeli paper, recent research paper by fellow by the name of Tagger-Green, uh, who said, out of, I think it was 400 patients they studied, up to 88% of combat, <clears throat> excuse me, combat veterans have these oral health symptoms. And that's, that's a tremendous number. Well, you would think that in a VA system that's geared towards treating the most prevalent problems in the veteran population, that would be at the top of the list. Why is that? Because traumatic brain injury and PTSD are the signature wounds of the last two decades of war. And if you went to Desert Storm, it might even be three decades. So you have three decades where the VA has ignored this problem. And now, after informing the Assistant Undersecretary for Dentistry, the VA, I was I told them, you've got this big problem and yesterday I found out that they are essentially not going to do a thing about it. Now, this is different than Agent Orange. They had to prove and do the research that or Agent Orange was connected, let's say, with prostate cancer. Well, that's sophisticated and it takes time. So maybe you can give them a few free points for that, a handicap. But the problem of PTSD and oral health has been around for a long time. And not only that, there's already three dozen papers that have been published and peer-reviewed. They're not like magazine articles. They've been peer-reviewed by experts that have brought us to the point that it makes it a reasonable assumption, beyond reasonable assumption, that research needs to be done. Now, as a veteran myself, I find it hard to believe that with 3,600 scientists and scientists from the fields of psychology, immunology, cardiovascular surgery, uh, chiropractic, they even have those gentlemen participating and ladies, that they can't find room to let the dentist into this program. And that's, that's, that's not right. So where we are is the VA is dug in. They have no intention of funding any research in it. They have no intention intention of leaving their position in what they call operational dentistry, which means if you go to the VA, you're going to get basically dentistry, but they're not going to use their dentist to engage in any research. That's not going to get 3 million veterans anywhere. And not only that, the VA's research, since it is a government agency, its research is utilized, and now we're going to talk about first responders in the first responder community. 
So what the VA does in research is not limited to veterans. Uh, and it's not unusual to read in the daily news blurbs, especially, for example, in COVID, where some of the longevity studies and efficaciousness of the COVID vaccine were documented in veteran populations. So there's additional proof that uh, the VA research affects all of us. Now, what can you do? If you're a veteran, what I'm telling you now uh, is, is that you've got to uh, actually push for this. You have to go to the VA and go, I want to know why my joints hurt. I want to know why uh, my chewing muscles hurt. I want to know why I have headaches, attention headaches associated with it. I want to know my, why my teeth are breaking apart. And here's the problem with this whole issue. It's easy to imagine that you got shot in the jaw. Well, that's, that's service-connected. You got shot in the jaw, uh, or you had a tank hatch close on you and broke your jaw and some teeth. Well, that's service-connected. The VA now, it seems, and I put it seems, but this is about as high as you can go and still get a no answer. It seems as though they don't want to ever allow soldiers to make that nexus to apply for disability. Now, if they have done research, I've planted, provided plenty of opportunity for the VA to respond. I filed formal senatorial, we'll call it senatorial complaints, and two congressional complaints, among others, asking for evidence that they have done this. It's been over two months. They have not, have not replied. I also wrote Mr. Dennis McDonough, the VA secretary, uh, a year ago, they received the letter. I never received a response. I sent another one about four months ago, uh, and he still has not responded. And these uh, letters, emails, were sent through the office of the senators and congressmen. So what you're, what you're going through right now is you're seeing how politics in the VA system is, is hurting veterans. And, and I will now make a comment that the people responsible for this, number one is the secretary of the VA. Feel free to write him. Do you, uh, his address. Yeah. Yeah. You have an address on him? Uh, you can get it online. You just go put, uh, uh, secretary of the VA, Dennis McDonough, and, uh, you'll get it. And then send that through your congressman or your senator and say, we're demanding. Now, listen, here's the deal. They're not doing any research on this. Out of 3,600, not one dentist, not one researcher is, is doing research on this. And if it affects 88% of our veterans with PTSD, and PTSD and traumatic brain injury are the top two injuries, I don't know who's running their research program, quite frankly. And I'm willing, if one of these VA administrators wants to be on the air, we will make that happen for you. You can explain it. But the information I obtained and has taken over a year to do means that you're not doing research. And as of yesterday, the director of dental research for the VA indicated they do not do research in that area and have no intention or capability of doing it. So the door has slammed shut. There is no more evidence to be admitted. The VA is not 
doing their job. And who's responsible for that? That's the director, the secretary of the VA. Now, I'm sure he's doing his best, but let me uh, just let you know, he never went to medical school. He does not have a health care license. He never treated a patient. He never finished medical school or dental school or pharmacy school. He never finished a residency. He never finished an internship. And he's running the largest healthcare organization in the world. Not only that, Mr. McDonough has never done research and published anything. Now, how is that? And how is it that a guy like me, who's a veteran, combat veteran, disabled, is, is tolerating this incompetence in administration from these individuals? That is the question. It is beyond discussion at this point. The veterans stood up and put their lives on the line to defend this country. And we can see from Mr. Putin the way he is raping the Ukraine that the only thing between Mr. Putin and the United States are the military forces of the NATO coalition and the Ukrainian army. Mr. Putin is not a nice guy. So when the veterans stood up to Mr. Putin's Russians, they were in Vietnam and in Korea. There's no doubt about it. When we're protecting freedom, it's now time for the VA to quit playing around and put a veteran in as the secretary of the VA and a physician who's actually worked in a hospital and treated patients and done research. So, Dave, how about that? Oh, I I couldn't agree with you more. And and at the same token, I hope that anybody that's listening now or anyone that uh, pulls us up and listens to the podcast will take the time and do something about it. It isn't going to change unless you do something about it. Don has done everything he can from being a dentist and being a, a medical doctor and contacting these people and explaining how serious this is and how three million veterans can get relief if if the dentist and if the doctors at the VA just knew what the hell they were doing. And it's going to take every veteran listening to make that statement, not only to uh, the VA, but also to their senators and their representatives, particularly those representatives that are veterans, be it a senator veteran or be it a House of Representative, we have to get the support of our veterans behind us and writing these people and letting them know how serious this is and how, you know, I don't want to say it's simple, but what they could do for three million veterans in a very short period of time if they would just do the research, listen to what Dr. Mueller has found out and the research that he's done and there is help available for those suffering that can't sleep for instance because of PTSD there is help and it's time to quit screwing around with this this is ridiculous it took forever for Agent Orange Uh, they did have a a semi fast track for uh, the uh, burn pits and there's no reason that they can't 
they almost act like if you're a veteran, you're too damn old to have teeth anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, one thing we have to realize, 18 million veterans constitute a significant voting block. And the problem is, is the veterans, we just kind of like defending the country using military means. But basically right now, as a voting block, we have to act. And we can get a lot done because the congressmen and senators are interested in you as a voter. And if we don't get out and vote and let them know how we're going to vote, they won't do anything. That's already, We've already proven that. They've got one thing on their mind, being reelected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave, so are listeners get something out of this i didn't mean to did you want to go on with that topic or move on a little no we can uh move on other than i just want to stress the fact that veterans we have to have your help it it can't be just dr don doing this it's got to be from the veterans that talk to their representatives that talk to their senators that talk to anybody that'll listen about the mistreatment of veterans by the VA and particularly with dental issues and uh, PTSD that you know this is affecting so million and with that yeah we can uh, move on Don well it, it, I, had, I treated a gentleman two days ago and he looked at me he's 62 years old an E7 infantry guy and he said, you're the first guy to ever tell me that what I was experiencing was a result of PTSD. The VA never told him that. So, folks, uh, you've got to be your own advocate. Okay, we're going to move on, and I'll call it the fifth leg of the treatment for PTSD. And that is, we're going to talk about the concept of moral injury. And moral injury has nothing to do with whether or not you feel uh, uh, you're a religious guy or you did or did not or have or have not gone to church or whether you think it's wrapped up in Buddhism or whatever, that's not what moral injury is. Moral injury affects soldiers more. In this case, it affects veterans and soldiers more than it does police officers and EMTs. Firemen are at the top of the list in the first responders for moral injuries. And, and what happens in a moral injury? You are in a stressful situa- situation which you have to make a moral judgment. Or you have been put in a situation where making a moral judgment is inevitable for you. And you make a judgment, and it may result in the loss of life, which you feel you caused. That is a rough translation of what a moral injury is. And what are some symptoms of of having this? You have a sense of failure. You have a sense of self-condemnation. In other words, you ruminate on what you should have done, and it's not just on the ride home from the fire station or back to the barracks. This rumination continues to dominate your thoughts, and then it will work down into your self-opinion, 
And not only that, it becomes handicapping and self-harming. These are very subtle changes. We, our body does things as a result of our thoughts as well. And if you want to see people who have a problem with stress and intense lifestyle, that can make your blood pressure go up. That's been well, very well documented. The same kind of thoughts can cause, and stress can cause your immune system to slide. So don't think that your a moral injury is going to remain only limited to your 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 thought system. Okay. Some, and there's some other things we need to know. PTSD and moral injury kind of overlap in a certain percentage of cases. It can be up to forty percent. But there is some caveats to that. Uh, the moral injury is characterized by guilt, shame, uh, anger, and social alienation. Well, PTSD is characterized by startle response, flashbacks, nightmares, and insomnia. However, overlap of moral injuries occurs with PTSD and mostly it over occurs with co-occurs with uh, veterans and uh, firemen so what's going on is that you now have something that's affected you in the spiritual dimension of your life and this can result in value conflicts moral attachment and selflessness, and you you get a bad opinion of yourself, and this is start deteriorating the way you look at life. Uh, most military veterans in these surveys endorsed both PTSD and moral injury. Now, the police officers in several studies primarily endorsed uh, PTSD alone. Okay, so. Moral injury is a predominant form of, of injury in veterans and firemen. Now, PTSD with or without moral injury can affect up to 44% of the veterans, especially those veterans who deployed to combat and who have uh, experiences of seeing their friends killed, uh, civilians killed, children killed, or handling or contacting soldiers who have been killed or bodies. So you don't have to actually have been shot at uh, to, to have a PTSD problem, okay? Signs of uh, moral injury. Now, you have negative moral emotions. You may put, you may defer trying to make a moral decision because that's, that system has essentially been bruised. Your cognitions, what you think about, a lot of it can be self-guilt. And that's, that's a predominant, predominant thing. Another, another thing is shame and grief. And we'll talk about the difference between shame and guilt. Guilt, we'll, we'll say just in general right now, guilt is kind of like breaking a social code. Shame is, is it's an external thing. Don, Shame we need to take is, a break. It's internal. Did you want to comment, Dave? 
Uh, yeah, we're going to need to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with Don oh. okay. right after a couple of messages. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now let's get back to a veteran's place. And uh, we sincerely mean that, that uh, if you're a veteran or a first responder, we want to hear from you. And if you got questions for Dr. Don, Dr. Don the dentist, Dr. Don the MD, either way, We'll take those comments and those questions. Just email them to gm at America's Web Radio, and Don will address those questions or comments on the next show. So uh, we want to hear from you. And uh, we also want to thank all of the veterans that have, participated in becoming patrons on America's Web Radio. That w- That's what keeps us afloat and uh, able to do the great shows that we do. So right now, back to Don. Well, thanks, Dave. Uh, I want to spend just a, two minutes telling the vets and first responders how science works in, in a real small, small vignette here, a little in a nutshell. Anytime you work in social sciences, psychology, sociology, you formulate a hypothesis, which means if group A gets the treatment and group B doesn't, and there's a difference in the outcome of the same treatment in similar populations, you use statistics to calculate how effective it is. Those are called validated outcome measures. The basis of modern psychology is based on setting up treatment objectives and comparing the treatment in two groups. It's very sophisticated. Well, how does moral injury and spiritual care uh, stack up against uh, the psychology alone and, and sometimes psychology with medication with respect to resolving overlap cases in PTSD and uh, 
spiritual and moral injuries. It stacks up very, very well on the basis of statistics. In other words, this gentleman by the name of Dr. Harold Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G, out of Duke University Psychiatry, he has uh, the Center for Spiritual Development or something like that. You can find him online. He puts out a free newsletter. So what we need to understand is that there is good validity for spiritually uh, and moral injury therapy with the resolution of PTSD. Now, I'm not going to bore you with the statistics, and they're available. About 80% of soldiers with active duty had PTSD, had at least one symptom of a moral injury of high severity. 52% had four more. You don't need to know that. You just need to know that you have a moral basis to your life, and it will have an effect on how you view the world and your capability to heal. Now, you have to understand that mental health counseling is not the same as spiritual counseling. And it, you, they have two different methods of treatment. Both of them, like we talked before, involve talking, discussing, and basically making you aware that this actually exists. And, and, and that's what we've been trying to talk about on this entire uh, segment on PTSD. <clears throat> this is not meant to diagnose. This is not meant to tr form a treatment for you. That's not the purpose of these programs. This purpose of this program is you get that waking up moment that go, hey, that's me. Hey, I do that stuff. Or, hey, my friends are drifting away. Or, hey, my wife and the family aren't the same. Or, hey, that could be me. Well, the reason I'm bringing up moral injury now is for you to uh, realize that that's something else that came in that package uh, when you went overseas and had to engage in activities. You have to understand, moral injury involves violation of an ethical code or a cultural code. When you go to war, the military mission is not aligned with a primarily with an ethical or moral code. Yes, the United States, I would say, is the best country to to go to war with because we are very concerned with human rights and other Geneva Convention things. The Soviets, the Russians, you get an example of people who absolutely don't care. They use targets of opportunity in the civilian sector. The United States never does that. For the, for the Russians, it's not collateral damage. So moral injuries I'm talking about are you're going to get in a position where you have the command telling you that this mission has to be accomplished, and your morals and your spiritual sense are going to be transgressed executing that mission. That's not your fault. So the idea that you can walk through a war and 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 not be touched by moral injury is has not been borne out by the statistics uh, that have been generated through through well-designed questionnaires and person-to-person -person interviews. So just because you have PTSD does not 
mean that you will have a moral injury. They may occur independently of each other. So, the symptoms of a moral injury, there are approximately 10 dimensions. One is guilt. That's what you experience when you've transgressed someone else's essentially moral code and experience feelings of guilt, especially in military individuals, where you have been forced to kill other humans where you normally would not do that. Now, it also occurs in those who've been sexually violated, whether on active duty or not, or wherever, and actions that transgress a moral code. They always leave wounds. You will not walk away from one of these encounters without a wound. It won't be a flesh wound. Now, shame, I told you we're going to talk about this. Shame involves injury to the self. It is different from guilt. Now, guilt is remorse that you feel after you've done something that brought harm to others and is therefore about others. So guilt is about transgressions that you committed with others. Shame is about one's personal identity. When you experience shame, it's, it's basically uh, a problem, a bruise or a wound to, to your identity. It's like, I can't believe I did that. Regardless of the origin of this shame that you feel, your, your, your self-identity has been wounded. Now, we're using concrete terms like wound and bruise. Well, uh, the Bible talks about your heart is wounded. Well, obviously, the heart literally wasn't wounded, but that's the center of your being. Your heart has been wounded. Now, what's going on is also affected by your personality and the culture and the circumstances surrounding what you had to do. And what's the, what's the point of this discussion? Before you just went out, you, you know, I've been to two wars, saw a lot of bad things. You, at the time, you don't process what you had to do. You did it and you move on. It's only later when you start thinking about it outside of that context, outside of that framework that you were put into in that situation. When you're outside of that, back home, or in the rear area, and you start thinking about what you had to do, that is the moral injury sneaking in. That is the moral injury that occurred, and it has now caused you to question whether or not you are a good person. Because everybody enters a war zone or the army with a self-identity. And you say, hey, we're from the United States, greatest country in the world, and we do good things, and we help people. And we do. It's true. We are the best country. But when we help other people, you're where the, the soldiers, the frontline guys, are where the tire meets the road. And that's when the problems start. And so you have realized that, yes, you set out on a mission to free these people from communism, currently Russia, oppression, but a lot of a lot of people are going to be injured, and you're going to have to watch that. So just knowing that this situation might occur is going to be kind of like 
mm, a preoperative dose of antibiotics. We're not saying you're going to get infected, but we want to let you know if it's possible and you need to watch out for it. So think about it as a prophylactic uh, preparation for going to war. But the problem is you may have already experienced this, and what's going to happen now is this injury to your moral values, which has occurred. You may not have even considered that this was going on. You may have feeling depressed. You 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 may feel out of sorts. You may want to be isolated. You know, you you lost your faith in life and humanity. These feelings are highly correlated to moral injuries. And so you may have had this, even if you did not have PTSD, just handling, you know, human remains, or I had a friend in who had to handle, had several children die in his arms in Kosovo. I mean, it, it affected him. So this can sneak out from a lot of corners and grab you. Okay, so military ethics. Now, when you're joining the Army and singing the songs like the Cadence, you're being trained in military, military hoo-ah, get it done. Well, sometimes the hoo-ah can run over your ethical feelings, we'll call it, what's right and wrong. But you kind of have to go with defending your buddy and taking care of the mission. So the military ethic is accomplishing the mission and executing the mission successfully. Well, those missions inherently, by their very nature, may not involve doing good. You know, means justifying the ends or ends justifying the means is the situation that you've been placed in. And that's why sometimes firemen, EMTs, uh, have this more than our police officers because they, they have to make more of these uh, decisions. Dave, is that coming through, Lima Charlie? Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, the fireman has one thing, but then again, the you know, I don't know about your area, but we have the uh, firemen that they are EMTs. They, they have rescue units that go out ahead of the truck or ahead of the tanker or whatever. And, uh, you know, they basically act as EMTs or they are EMTs. And uh, they do the triage until the ambulance gets there for transport. And so... You know they are affected, and I would say the the one thing that strikes me is that no matter how much training you have in the military before you're deployed, it's a whole different world when you're deployed, and it's a whole different world when you're shooting at a silhouette as opposed to a person. And <laughs> there is no training for that. Right. Right. And <clears throat> some of the, you know, it's, Dave, I, I think that if the military would, maybe, I don't know if they do it, have chaplains prepare people for, you know, strengthening against moral injury uh, is, it, it would be beneficial. You know, soldiers... One thing that they may notice is there is a loss of meaning in their life. Uh, 
these are existential issues. Uh, there's no, soldiers may feel there's no purpose, or some of the statements they give are, my life has no clear purpose, I have no meaning, I feel violated. And unless soldiers are prepared to uh, deal with these, uh, it, it creates problems. Forewarned is forearmed, and I think that would be the best course of action, at least, I know in our listeners, I never had anybody discuss moral injuries before any deployment, before we left. And as you said, Dave, no one is prepared for war until you see it. It's it, it's in another league of its own. So uh, one uh, another thing that you may catch yourself doing. Now, remember, we're talking about the 10, we'll call them symptoms because it makes it more like a medical thing, but these are the 10 dimensions. You, you may be harboring resentment and unforgiveness towards yourself and others and even God. And that is, that's common. And we say, why am I doing this? You may lose, if you had faith before you deployed, you may have lost this faith. And you're wondering, why is your life drifting into meaningless anger, unfor unforgiveness? You don't, you don't like yourself. You think God's abandoned you. And then, more importantly, no, not more importantly, also, somehow it's very human to want to get revenge against those that caused it to you. And so this becomes a vicious cycle. And this is... The cycle I was talking about that starts weakening your immune system, increasing your blood pressure, having cardiovascular effects, having metabolic effects on your life. Now, does PTSD do this as well? Yes, it can. Moral injury, if you, if you get in a funk, so to speak, your social relationships suffer. Your view of yourself suffers, which causes the people you interrelate with to look at you differently or you feel that they do. And so what's going on is your circle, the, the framework that we talked about several months ago, the rubber frame with the rubber picture, your self-image is effective, affected by moral injury as well, not just PTSD. And so I would say that just knowing that this might be occurring would, would, would suggest that you you might want to just self what we call self diagnose. You know, if you see a melanoma growing on your on your arm, leg, it, you don't have to be a doctor or dermatologist to go in and say, hey, I, I think this is a little bit strange. Well, I want to I want to use the analogy only that a small little melanoma, hard to believe that a millimeter or two difference in depth is the difference between metastasis. And, and a safe biopsy. And that's a, a millimeter or two. That can change the diagnosis. So in a moral injury, if you, if you look at it as a spiritual melanoma and you go, wait a minute, this thing can take me out. Obviously, spiritual injuries do not cause melanoma. I don't want anybody to misinterpret that. But small things start working and left without, without care can become much, much more serious. So you need to be watching and be alert for symptoms of moral injury. Why? Because 
helping with moral injury increases the success of your tr- of many forms of PTSD treatment. We'll talk about that in another session, but that's called spiritually uh, assisted. I'll make that spiritually assisted cognitive processing or cognitive behavioral therapy. That's that place is kind of a two for one going on. But you will need to talk to a counselor who's trained in that. So what will go on if you don't get, don't want to address this, you're going to be continue to be wounded and you'll continue to suffer uh, if you don't let go of the hatred. And I'm here to tell you, and so is Dave, that's a lot easier said than done because you're having memories flash into your brain about what happened and what the opposing enemy did and it's it's renewed on a on a daily weekly basis so uh you have to know that you also maybe harbor resentment against god for allowing these events to happen and that is a totally natural response it is so natural that the first book of the bible chronologically was job and job discussed this and the book of Job can be construed to be a book of moral injury. Why is the, why do good people suffer? Well, the ending of the book of Job, when read and with basically a moral injury in, in, in mind, is that God knows what's going on. And you had a moral injury, and you're going to have to rely on him for the cure, and it's just that simple. You, you, your position may be, I don't believe in the spiritual things, And that's why I briefly mentioned, then you don't believe in statistics, because statistics can demonstrate as effectively as it can demonstrate the efficacy of psychotherapy that spiritual injury, moral injuries, can be effectively ameliorated, attenuated, and reduced, etc., with spiritual care. And that's based on statistics. If you'd like to see the statistics, look up Harold Koenig, Dr. Harold Koenig at Duke University. He has got buckets, buckets and buckets of of therapies and, and excellent science that he used to to help people with spiritual uh, and moral injuries. Dave, how are we getting along here? Is this working? Yeah, I, you know, as 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 you were talking, I was thinking that uh, one of the things that you suggested is that uh, you know the, the chaplain should work with the person that's about to be deployed but I'd like to add one caveat to that is that chaplain should have been deployed before the person that's being deployed and has returned and has seen what that person it makes it a whole lot more believable when somebody has been there and done that than it does for, well, the book says, uh, you know, you're going to be deployed and this is some of the things you might expect to see or you might expect to do or whatever. But if, if that chaplain has been there and been the chaplain for a company or whatever the case might be, then that person that's about to be deployed, I think, has a lot more respect for him and will will remember as they are deployed well chaplain smith said this and sure enough that's the way it is so the moral injury yeah i think uh you know this is something yeah 
you get almost if somebody was listening to this program, just this one prior to deployment, it, it might even be beneficial. And I'm going to go through a couple more of the dimensions. One is the loss of trust. Now, what causes the loss of trust? Well, this also is the core symptom of moral injury. Your commanding officers, the government, your, those who you perceive to be in charge, the the administrators, you have a general sense of betrayal because why were you put in this position? And now the result of this particular aspect of moral injury is you have trouble and significant difficulty trusting uh, trusting those in authority and your your own society and culture. How, how do we end up in this situation? Remember, the politicians that sent you to the war aren't standing beside you, looking at what you know what what happened. And I, I, I I'm going to just toss this out there. I love the news people to say we got to go in and take care of this. Well, when only point seven five three quarters of one percent of the population uh, has to do the dirty work. Uh, I would suggest that you be nice to ask the newscasters and these other people, when was the last time you put on a war, on a uniform and went to war? The answer is always never. So gentlemen and ladies, we had to do the tough, we had to do the tough things. The loss of trust, remember, we were working for our country. We were working for mom and pop and the kids at the playground. We weren't working for the politicians. So, yeah, you have to get prepared for, you know, some inherent cynicism. You have some hostile affect, some aggressive response activities, some hostile attributions and social avoidance. You need to look at that and say, hey, how was I before I deployed? And you go, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of drifting away. And so who, who can help you with that? You have to pick a, a chaplain who's oriented to working with cognitive behavioral therapy or cognitive processing therapy, and they can supplement that with your mental health provider. But can the mental health provider address moral injury? I would say in general, no. No more than a chaplain would it be effective in helping you through cognitive behavioral therapy. This is, we will talk about those more. My point is you have to be aware of the problems of guilt, shame, anger, hostility, lack of trust, loss of meaning. These are the kind of things that will eventually take you out. Okay? And now we're going to finish it with self-examination. You somehow have tied yourself that we all did, that we played a role and 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 the evil that we had to do, and this may be failure to protect innocent people or fellow combatants. It may have been an inability. It's not a sin of commission. It's a sin of omission. You think, I, if I just done more, if I had just thought ahead, uh, I could have avoided that. That's a sin of omission. You didn't do anything. It's what you thought that you did not do that uh, that broke the standards. And be aware that this can be happening. And uh, 
that you didn't really cause this. And see, part of, and I want to go back to what we discussed in previous sessions, cognitive behavioral therapy, cognitive processing therapy, is not some voodoo. They don't take your brain out, bounce it on walls, inject it with drugs, and put it back in your head. It's a system of goals that you've designed. You say, I want to be the old me. I want to get back there. And these are my goals, and this is what I'd like to do. And it's a method of thinking. It's a method of processing information. It's mindfulness. Well, today we added, added the spiritual aspect of your life, that you cannot avoid being a spiritual being wherever you are coming from re religiously. In the United States, it's usually Judeo-Christian. If you come from another uh, uh, part of the country or world, and join the army, or you're a veteran, you may have a different cultural spirituality, but you have to rely on that. Because if you suffer a moral injury, that's the only way out. And moral injuries, as I showed you, and just spoke to you about the statistics, 40%, that's a high number. 80% of the fellas coming back said, man, I had on a list of 10, a scale of five and above, 50% said, yeah, I've had a moral injury. So to wrap it up, consider that, that this is a real, a real problem, and it definitely has a way uh, out of the maze. There is treatment for it, and you can get it most likely you know, from a chaplain. Ask, are you trained in treating moral injury? If you need anything, go on the website. One uh, minute to go. Dr. Koenig's website. Uh, at Duke University, and uh, he will connect you with the people. Well, Dave, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, yeah, and uh, this has been a great show, Don, and I think more and more people need to uh, pass it on to others and let them know about what you're doing and what you're doing on the air as well as what you're doing trying to get trying to wake the Veterans VA up, the Veterans Administration up, to the fact that we've got 3 million veterans that are suffering, suffering from dental problems, and there's no reason for it. So with that being said, talk to you next week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.